This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. For more downloads, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Why should we be interested in the Jews, in what has happened to them in the past and what may happen to them in the future? Humanly speaking, they are a people who should not even exist. Originally, they were a people without a land, and about 1425 BC, the Almighty God brought them to settle in the land of Canaan, later known as Palestine and today known mainly as the land of Israel. But in 586 BC they were carried away captive by the Babylonians and their land was left desolate. Under the rule of the Medo-Persians some 70 years later they were allowed to return back to their own land although their kingdom was never fully restored and they never had their own ruler or king. In AD 70 they rebelled against the Roman occupation and they responded by destroying Jerusalem and dispersing the people once again, eventually into all parts of the world where for the last 1800 years or so they have suffered prejudice and persecution. As I'm sure you're all aware, in World War II, Adolf Hitler put to death more than six million Jews in an attempt to wipe them out altogether. And in the 70 years since then, since the last war, which people in this country and in Europe are celebrating this weekend, 70 years since then, there have been countless threats to wipe them out, drive them into the sea, and numerous physical and military attempts to literally destroy the, the newly formed state of Israel. If we just think about one of those attempts, it was the Yom Kippur War in October 1973, which again, humanly speaking, should have seen the annihilation of the state of Israel. It was six years since the previous war, 1967 and the Arab nations had been rearmed with all the latest weapons some so new that they'd never been used before in, in, in full scale combat they had time to plan and prepare and they decided they were going to attack on two fronts they were going to attack from Egypt in the south and Syria in the north and the day chosen was the Day of Atonement, known by the Jews as Yom Kippur. And that's the most holy day in the Jewish calendar. And on, on that day, everything in Israel comes to a, a standstill. From two hours before sunset until two hours after sunset the following day, everything stops. There's no transport. Taxis, cars, buses, planes, trains, ships ports, stations airports are all closed all the shops are closed there's no entertainment no radio or television 
no communication even the telephone exchanges were not staffed whether it's exactly the same today I don't know but certainly that was the situation in October 1973 and on that day Egypt attacked from the south with 3,000 tanks 2,000 heavy guns 1,000 aircraft and 600,000 men at the same time the Syrians came in from the north covering a 20 mile front with 1,200 tanks two hours after the war began Russian transport planes were landing every three minutes bringing weapons and replacements to both Egypt and Syria and yet they lost once again an attempt to wipe Israel off the map had failed why? because the Jews are God's people and the existence of Israel is witness to the greatest power on this earth the almighty God who created the heavens and the earth and all that is therein hear the word of the Lord O ye nations and declare it in the isles afar off and say he that scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd doth his flock so the existence of Israel in the world today as was the scattering of God's people throughout the world is proof that the purpose of God is being worked out in our world today and it shows as the scripture says that God rules in the kingdoms of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will now if, if that brief introduction has made us think that perhaps there is a reason for taking an interest in the Jews I can assure you that there's much much more than that despite the constant persecution or perhaps to some extent because of the, the constant persecution Jews can now be found in all corners of the earth you can see on that map all the different colours show the different countries where Jews have settled the, the different colours actually depicts the, the level of population in the country they are but probably can't see that but it's not that critical we're just trying to show how they have spread throughout all parts of the earth I, I think there's something like 200 countries uh, officially recognised by the United Nations in the world today and Jews have to be found in more than half of them so that's more than 100 different countries now if we change that that is, well I don't know we might call it a, a historical chart or a, a brief potted history just summarising some of the events in the approximate 4,000 year history of the Jews we start there with Abraham the, the father of the Jews some 1900 years BC and we come right down to the final conflict of Armageddon 2015 we put there Israel surrounded by armies Jesus returns the kingdom of God we put 2015 
it may be 2015, we're not certain. It could be next year, it could be two years, it could be ten years. But um, that, that is approximately 4,000 years with some of, of the highlights or some points included in, in the history of the Jews. Um, perhaps we ought to just clarify the name because they, they haven't always been known as Jews. Our list there, as we say, begins with Abraham. Um, because of his faith in God, God promised that he would make him the father of, of a, a great nation. And in Genesis chapter 12, God made this promise. You'll, you'll notice on, on all the slides, I put the date, or the approximate date, uh, when, when these things were, were written, or, or the, the time that it was speaking about. Um, we can't guarantee that they're precise it's very difficult to be precise with the Bible dates uh, two or three different translations and the fact that they, the Jews use a different calendar to ours they work to the, uh, the lunar calendar we work to the solar calendar and things like that so it's very difficult to be precise but again it, it's, it's not, it doesn't matter that much if we're a year or two out on, on some of the dates but I've put the dates on because most of the passages we've put on were written many years before they were fulfilled. Now Abraham was descended from a man called Eber or Heber and their family became known as Hebrews. Heber, Hebrews. So fairly obvious. It's a name that's still used today which people are still familiar with the name Hebrew. Uh, to some extent because the Hebrew language was used throughout the Old Testament period uh, and in its modern form it is one of the two official languages of Israel today. So Abraham and his descendants were initially known as Hebrews. Despite God's promise, Abraham and his wife Sarah struggled to conceive children. So Abraham took matters into his own hands and he had a son called Ishmael from Sarah's handmaid Hagar. But then in her old age Sarah finally did conceive and bear a son called Isaac. And God said that Isaac was the one through whom these promises were going to be fulfilled. And in order to confirm it the promise was repeated again. I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven. And in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed. And if that was not enough, the promises were repeated again to Isaac's son Jacob. In 1760 BC. See how we've moved on a little. Um, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father, the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and again in thy seed shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now if you look on a world map today, um, if you didn't know where it was, I think you'd have great difficulty in finding Israel. It, it's so tiny. Um, in fact... Eight and a half thousand square miles, it's about the same size as Yorkshire and Lancashire put together. And yet, she's very rarely out of the world news. 
and is reckoned by many to be the third military power in the world, coming only behind Russia and the USA. And her origins are back in the book of Exodus with Abram's grandson Jacob. Because God said to Jacob, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And so God said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. So, this is where Israel begins. Uh, Jacob became Israel and his twelve sons were the twelve tribes of Israel. And I think most people will be aware of, of the story of Joseph and his coat of many colours. He was the next to the youngest of Jacob's sons, or Israel's sons, as he was now known. And out of jealousy, he, he was sold by his older brothers as a slave into Egypt. Although eventually he was promoted by Pharaoh to be a leader in the land, and that's when the terrible seven-year famine hit, which caused the family of Israel, which numbered 70 persons at this time, to move down into Egypt where Joseph fed them and provided them with, with land where they could settle for many years to come. Eventually, of course, Pharaoh died, Joseph died, but the children of Israel continued to multiply. There were about two million of them. And so the latest Pharaoh decided that they were now a threat to the uh, authority and even maybe the existence of Egypt. So he had them made into slaves. He used them to build their treasure cities, putting them into hard bondage. And that's when God raised up Moses to deliver his people out of Egypt. We read in Exodus, now we've moved on to 1491 BC, the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. And it came to pass at the end of the 430 years, even the selfsame day, all the hosts of the Lord went out from Egypt. So what's the relevance? Why is the emphasis? It's repeated twice there, 430 years. Well, if you go back 430 years from the time when Israel came out of Egypt, you come back to the time of Abraham. 1913 BC there. And God said to Abraham at that time, Know of a surety, thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. So that had all taken place. And now we see, after the four hundred year period had expired, God bringing his people out of Egypt. Remarkable prophecy being fulfilled the next period tells of the wilderness journey of the children of Israel and how that due to their lack of faith in turning away from God they had to wander for 40 years in the wilderness until all that generation which came out of Egypt had perished. Um, again it was foretold before it happened and it came to pass exactly as God said. But we're going to move on now to... Um, about 65 years to 14 BC 1427 when Joshua had taken God's people now into the promised land the land of Canaan 
and he makes this speech. We're going to ask our president to read for us now from Joshua chapter 24 and the first 14 verses. Taboo, the front lighter. Thank you. Joshua chapter 24. And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith Yahweh God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood, and led him throughout all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his seed, and gave him Isaac. And I gave unto Isaac Jacob and Esau, and I gave unto Esau Mount Seir to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. I sent Moses also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them. And afterward I brought you out. And I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came unto the sea. And the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen unto the Red Sea. And when they cried unto Yahweh, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, and brought the sea upon them, and covered them. And your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt, and ye dwelt in the wilderness a long season. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites, which dwelt on the other side Jordan, and they fought with you, and I gave them into your hand, that ye might possess their land, and I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and warred against Israel, and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not hearken unto Balaam, Therefore he blessed you still, so I delivered you out of his hand. And you went over Jordan, and came unto Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Gergesites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and I delivered them into your hand. And I sent the hornet before you, which drave, drave them out from before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, but not with the sword, nor with thy bow. And I have given you a land for which you did not labour, and cities which ye built not, and ye dwell in them, of the vineyards and oliveyards which ye planted not do ye eat now therefore fear Yahweh and serve him in sincerity and in truth 
and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye Yahweh. Thank you. So the Jews called at that time Israel, the Israelites had now been brought into that promised land by God. And it was, this was followed by a period when Israel was ruled over by judges until about 1100 BC when the period of the kings began. The first three kings were Saul, David and Solomon after which the kingdom became divided with ten tribes in the north going under the name of Israel and two tribes in the south who retained Jerusalem as their capital and they went under the name of Judah. Again, it was all foretold before it happened. Obviously, we haven't time to look at all, all the, the prophecies made in the scripture concerning the Jews. But in B.C. 730, the, the northern kingdom, known as Israel, was captured and carried away by the Assyrians. So up to 730 B.C., in the ninth year of Hoshea, the king of Assyria took Samaria and carried Israel away into Assyria. This was followed about 144 years later, when the Babylonians came, and they carried away the southern kingdom of Judah. 586 BC, in the 19th year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and they came Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, servant of the king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem. They burnt the house of the Lord, and the king's house, and the house of all the people. And the rest of the people that were left in the city did Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, carry away so they were carried away into Babylon now on numerous occasions the children of Israel were told by God through his prophets quite clearly that if they obeyed God and kept his commandments he would bless them and protect them but if they turned from him and kept not his commandments then he would bring suffering and punishment and the greatest punishment would be that they would be Removed from off the land which God had promised them and made to serve other nations. Now, if we go back to the book of Deuteronomy, we've gone back now there to 1451 BC, and the Lord said to them, if, if they didn't keep his commandments, the Lord shall cause thee to be smitten before thine enemies, thou shalt go out one way against them and flee seven ways. And shalt be removed into all kingdoms of the earth. Well, you might think, well, that, that's a fairly general prophecy, which, which could have perhaps have more than one fulfilment, which it certainly has. Because we know that Israel had been scattered, taken from their land and returned, and, and scattered again and returned, certainly on more than one occasion. But that doesn't take away the truth of, of what. God is prophesying and, and when we see we see this supported by more precise prophecies it makes us realise that, that these things are just coming to pass by chance it's in Jeremiah 25 this is 
about 606 BC God says what well, Jeremiah says from God therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts because ye have not heard my word because you haven't kept my commandments and listened to me I will send and take all the families of the north and Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon and will bring them against this land and this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years so how, how precise is that this time they were going to be in captivity was specified the name of the king who was going to come against them was specified and the land to which they were going to be taken it was all prophesied before it happened so Israel were to be removed and taken into captivity in Babylon for 70 years Ezra chapter 1 536 BC now the first year of Cyrus king of Persia that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah those words we've just read might be fulfilled the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus king of Persia he said who is there among you of all his people his God be with him let him go up to Jerusalem which is in Judah and build the house of the Lord God of Israel he is the God which is in Jerusalem Our, our title is then Bible Prophecies About the Jews. As we said earlier, they've not always been known by that name. Originally we saw they were called Hebrews. Then Jacob had his name changed to Israel, so they became the Israelites or the children of Israel. And after the captivity, the 70 years captivity in Babylon, was the time when they became known as the Jews because the majority of those who returned following the 70 years in Babylon were those from the southern kingdom of Judah and the nickname for Judah was Jew again it sounds quite logical doesn't it so all those who returned became known as Jews and since that time, which was just over 500 BC, any of the family of Israel who could trace their lineage back to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob were all known as Jews. And who is the most famous Jew of all? The Lord Jesus Christ. Now I suspect that that's something that's often overlooked by many people. But Jesus was a Jew and if we're thinking about Bible prophecies about the Jews then just about everything about the Lord Jesus was prophesied <coughs> long before he was born so just a brief summary of, of some of the things that are clearly prophesied about the Lord Jesus his miraculous birth for example in Isaiah 742 years 742 years before the Lord himself shall give you a sign behold a virgin shall conceive and bear a son it was prophesied where he would be born in Micah 730 years before but thou Bethlehem Ephrata the area where most of his ministry would be carried out was prophesied in Isaiah 7 but in the future he will honour Galilee of the Gentiles that's where Jesus did most of his preaching work 
in and around the Sea of Galilee. Despised, rejected, crucified, Isaiah prophesied over 700 years before that he would be despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, with his stripes we are healed. He was oppressed and afflicted, and as a sheep before her shearer is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was cut off out of the land of the living. In other words, he was put to death for the transgression of my people. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Even his entry into Jerusalem. Remember how he came in riding on a donkey or an ass? And the people threw the garments in front and shouted, Hosanna! Rejoice, O great, O daughter of Zion, this is Zechariah. Thy king cometh unto thee, he is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a coal, the fault of an ass. the fall of an ass. And finally, the grave would not hold him. Psalm 16, that's over a thousand years before Jesus. Thou wilt not suffer, thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Jesus, of course, was raised from the dead on the third day. If we go back to our chart, we find the next point of interest is AD 70. That's 40 years after the crucifixion of Jesus. It began in AD 66 when the Jews revolted and Jerusalem was put under siege by the Romans. The, apparently the suffering of the Jews was horrendous. Even stooping to eating their own children. But they wouldn't surrender. Until finally in AD 70 after four years of siege Titus managed to breach the walls and Jerusalem was finally taken. And despite orders to the contrary, Josephus, the Jewish historian, records how the Roman soldiers deliberately set fire to the temple where the Jews had stored great quantities of gold and silver. You can imagine with the heat the gold and silver melted and ran down between the cracks of the stones and the rocks so the soldiers then got crowbars and prized all the rocks all the stones away so that they could get at the gold with the result that not one stone was left upon another and if we go to Matthew 24 this is the Lord Jesus speaking 40 years before and the disciples came to him and said, look at this wonderful temple. What did Jesus say? See ye not all these things I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. So again, the perfect fulfilment of words which were spoken before in, <coughs> by the Lord Jesus. Now, following this, uh, following AD 70 and, and the destruction of Jerusalem the, the Jews were gradually driven further and further afield until by 300 AD they had settled in all parts of the Roman Empire except Britain so having lost their homeland and 
been subjected to some of the worst persecution that any one nation has ever had to endure. Hated, victimised, driven from one country to another, slaughtered by the thousand. In, even in very recent years, apparently there has been a marked increase in, in aspects of violent anti-Semitism in places like Germany, France, Turkey, Ukraine, even in the UK. Besides the permanent hatred that exists between the majority of the Arab states and those who generally surround the, the nation of Israel. Up to now, have had nothing to surpass the evil which was brought by Hitler and his Nazis in the Holocaust of the last World War. Could any of that have been prophesied? Well, again, if we go right back to Deuteronomy 1451 BC, the Lord shall scatter thee among all people from one end of the earth even unto the other. Thy life shall hang in doubt before thee. Thou shalt fear day and night and shalt have none assurance of thy life. In the morning thou shalt say, Would God it were even. And at even thou shalt say, Would God it were morning. For the fear of thine heart wherewith thou shalt fear. Those words were written 3,000 years before those dreadful events took place. And yet how applicable they, they were. Now at the end of World War I, Britain was given the mandate to rule over the area known as Palestine. In 1947... Following increasing violence, Britain decided they wanted to withdraw. And, and so a petition plan was drawn up with the United Nations to give part of the land to the Palestinian Arabs and part of the land to the Jews. And this map shows the way it was to be divided up. The yellow bits are for the Arab state and the orange parts are for the Jewish state. Seems a rather strange way to divide it to me, with bits here and there. But notice Jerusalem right in the middle of the yellow bit, the Arab section. Now the British mandate was due to end on the 15th of May in 1948. And on the day before, the 14th of May, led by its future Prime Minister David Ben-Gurion, the Jewish leaders came out and declared the establishment of the nation of Israel. And as soon as the British troops withdrew, the armies of Egypt, Lebanon, Syria, Jordan and Iraq all marched in on Israel. So the 1948 Arab-Israeli war was the first of many such conflicts that were to take place over the decades between then and now. But... As in most cases, as we saw with that Yom Kippur war that we started with, the outcome was not what human logic would expect. And this tiny, newly formed nation with little or no resources actually drove back these Arab armies and extended her own control beyond the boundaries that had been previously set by the United Nations. And this declaration of the state of Israel was the trigger for the return of 
many Jews from all around the world to their own land. That map there depicts the four corners of the earth, basically all the countries where the Jews had been settled were all now returning to Israel. And the list down the right gives us an approximate figure of, of the number of Jews who were back in their land. In 1948, when the state of Israel was declared, there was half a million. And we see how it progresses, and today there are over six million. Now, there are many, many prophecies we could show from the scriptures showing how, foretelling how that the Jews would be scattered throughout the world as we have seen. We just look at one, that's Jeremiah 29, 600 years BC. God says, I will persecute them, speaking about the Jews, his own people, with the sword and the famine and the pestilence, will deliver them to be removed to all the kingdoms of the earth, to be a curse and an astonishment and an hissing and a reproach among all the nations which I have driven them. There are also, by the same token, many more prophecies foretelling their regathering. Again, we'll just look at one. This is from Ezekiel. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen whither they be gone, and will gather them on every side, and bring them into their own land, and make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel. So this was being fulfilled. The Jews were back in their own land. But there's still one major problem returning, uh, remaining. Jerusalem, there in the middle of the Arab sector. Jerusalem, the capital of God's people, still in the hands of Gentiles, of the Arabs to be precise. But in June 1967, that was to change. For in, in response to an ominous build-up of Arab forces along its borders, Israel decided to launch its own attacks against Egypt, Syria and Jordan. And in six days, hence the name Six-Day War, in six days Israel occupied the Gaza Strip, the Sinai Peninsula, the Golan Heights, the West Bank, but most importantly of all, the old city of Jerusalem. Luke 21, Jesus said, The Jews shall fall by the edge of the sword, they shall be carried away captive into all nations, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles. That word means non-Jews. Until, until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. For the first time since the Jews were carried away captive into Babylon some two and a half thousand years before, Jerusalem was back in the hands of the Jews. So, if we look at our chart, we see the only things left to be fulfilled out of that list are those right at the bottom. We've got the date 2015, that's this year, isn't it? Those are the only things that haven't happened. But on the evidence of what we have seen, and the, and the accuracy and the certainty of Bible prophecies about the Jews, there can be absolutely no doubt that these 
remaining events promised by the God of Israel will just as surely come to pass. We say it may be 2015. It may be two years, five years, ten years. We can't be certain. The only question is, can you believe it? And will you be ready and prepared when it does eventually happen? Just look quickly at a few verses to support these final events which we believe will take place very soon. This was Ezekiel 587 BC. Son of man, prophesy, thus saith the Lord God, in that day when my people of Israel dwell safely, thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee, a great company, a mighty army, thou shalt come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. Zechariah, I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. The city shall be taken and the houses rifled and, and two thirds of the city shall go forth into captivity. Half of the city shall go forth into captivity. <coughs> Luke, there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. The Lord shall be king over all the earth. In his days shall the righteous flourish and abundance of peace so long as the moon endureth. Remember God's promise to Abraham? 1900 BC I will make of thee a great nation and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. These, the fulfilment of these final words prophesied to Abraham 4,000 years ago will be the kingdom of God on earth when Jesus returns to deliver Israel from her enemies to establish the kingdom of God on earth. When all families of the earth will be blessed by that kingdom of righteousness and peace as declared in, in all these prophecies about the Jews. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, information about what we believe, and details of our meeting times, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk. Christadelphians.org.uk.